This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, Show 91. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. What's going on, everybody? This is Josh Dorkin, host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, here with my co-host, Mr. Brandon Turner. What is going on, Brandon? Oh, not a whole lot going on here, Josh. Uh, just getting ready for the autumn season. Oh, the autumn season. The I autumn. often prepare for the autumn season myself. What are you doing to prepare? I'm like, I don't know, doing like the yard work that has to get done and all that, you know, maintenance on the property. You got to make sure everything's buttoned up tight and that there's oh, no yes. uh, roof leaks because we're going, we don't get snow, right? We get rain. So everything's yes. got to be sealed up good and. Yeah, so all those landlords out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This is a fun, I, I fun button up my rough as well, whenever <laughs> possible. I don't even know what that means. I, I didn't know what you were saying either. Roof. roof. Is that oh, the there, you there you roof go. There you go. Is, do I have an accent? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah something Apparently. like that. Cool, cool. Well, listen, things are, things are good. Busy here, bigger pockets. Things are crazy. We're picking up new, new family members. New folks are coming on every day to the team. And... Uh, uh, we, we've got a really kind of cool announcement. October 22nd is the Bigger Pockets 10 year anniversary. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, it's, it's a very big, uh, big to do, at least for me emotionally. I'm really emotional. Yeah. But uh, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're excited about it. And for, t- for the 10 year uh, anniversary, Brandon's going to be in town and we are doing a, a 10 year celebration, a, a, a party. Uh, and where and, is town? Uh, where is town, Josh? Town is here in Denver. Yeah, town Denver. is here in Denver. Yes, yes. So we're doing a party, and uh, so if you're in town, if you're here in Denver, and you are interested in attending our 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 little get together, our networking event slash party uh, for Bigger Pockets is ten year anniversary. Um, reserve your spot at biggerpockets.com slash ten years. That's biggerpockets.com slash ten years. Um, I hear that. I hear there's going to be free alcohol. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Brandon, you're now trying you just to got like shut a thousand people. Yeah, right Whoa, there. Easy tiger, <laughs> easy tiger. This is a classy party where people dress nice. I'm not saying. I'm just saying it's not a BYOB. Yeah, right. This is you definitely know, not a, a BYOB. Josh has a. Let's get to the next topic. <laughs> All right, today's show. Today's show is actually going to be uh, really, really awesome for those people out there who are currently working a full time job and trying yep. to figure out how to fit everything into their life. So we're going to talk to a guy today uh, who's actually a wholesaler. Uh, but even if you're not into wholesaling, flipper, landlords, whatever, uh, there's so much advice in here about you know automating and about uh, you know setting uh, systems up and how to fit all those things in. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 We, we talked to the best way to find deals, uh, regardless of who you are. If you're, yeah, if you're struggling with your day job, we'll trying to get things done. It, it's, it's really, really a good show. And, and towards the end of the show, our guest Ben actually shares with us five different tools that he uses to manage his deal flow. And guys, this stuff is really, really awesome. You're really going to love it. Uh, but before we get into it, and and we do apologize for the long opening. We just got a lot of stuff today. Uh, let's hit up today's quick, quick tip. tip. All right. Today, today's quick it. tip is, uh, you know what? I will take this one. Take it. All right. Today's quick tip is uh, you can pre-order the book on investing with real estate in re- excuse me you can pre-order the book on investing in real estate 
with no and low money down at biggerpockets.com slash no money. That is Brandon Turner's uh Brandon Ooh. Turner's uh book on on investing and and it's uh it's amazing really really good and and so this is going on sale pretty soon but you can pre-order it by going to biggerpockets.com slash no money so definitely definitely get your name on the list so uh you can uh get get this thing in your pockets yeah we've been we've been talking about this thing for like six months now and it's been like 99 percent done for like six months so it's finally like 99.999 percent ready to be launched so uh, anyway, if you're listening in the future, you can go to that same link, biggerpockets.com slash no money, and you will get to the uh, page. So with that, uh, let's move on to today's pro tip. So hey, Josh, for today's pro tip, let me ask you a question. How many members are there on Bigger Pockets right now? Oh, somewhere between 200 and 210,000, I believe. Nice, nice. Okay, so here's my here's my thing. With 200,000 people, it's kind of hard to know, uh, to stand out from the crowd, right? So uh, our pro tip today is there is a really cool pro benefit that we just introduced this week uh, that pro benefit that pros can use, and that is the ability to upload a video to your profile. Uh, if you don't know what that means, there's a thing called video. They're like moving pictures, and you can, <laughs> you can embed them on like YouTube, and then you can go and put them on your Bigger Pockets profile if you are a pro member. If you want to check it out, just go to my profile or uh, go to biggerpockets.com/slash/pro-video, and there's a tutorial right there. So check it out. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and and this is this this video thing is really really good for building your your credibility for letting people know that you're not just a bot or just some fake profile of somebody who's pretending to be something. Uh, you know, it it gives you a chance to you know talk about who you are, what your background is, your wants, your needs, your haves, and and uh, we definitely encourage it. Um, I know since we put it up for Brandon his profile. Uh, people are showing up on that thing like crazy, and he's been getting all these new private messages, and and so definitely, definitely worth uh, checking out. Let's get into this. Uh, today's guest is Ben Grease. Ben is a professional poker player turned real estate wholesaler in the Indianapolis market, and he's really crushing it here in his first year as a wholesaler. He's got some really great insight into using several cool technologies to automate a whole lot of things. And you know what? It's a great story. He's a good guy. And, you know, he's not trying to build immense, immense wealth. He's just trying to use real estate as a means to an end uh, to, to, to build some extra uh, side cash and loves his job and wants to keep doing it. So for those of you who don't want to quit your job, who just are looking for other ways to build your cash, uh, cash pile, pile, cash pile, uh, <laughs> from the then pile. Yeah, something happened. Got a man. pile of manure over there. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, funny guy. Passive income without the property headache? It's possible. There's a way to invest passively in real estate and get monthly income without any tenants, maintenance, or property management. The wealthy have been doing this for years, and if you're an accredited or high net worth investor, you too can collect cash flow without the headaches that come from owning rentals. How? By investing in a private real estate fund with PPR Capital Management. PPR's co-founder, Dave Van Horn, wrote the book on real estate note investing for BP. But he's not just investing in notes. Dave and his team also have an extensive background in commercial real estate. And with PPR Capital Management, they're strategically investing in both notes and commercial real estate nationwide. With over half a billion dollars in assets under management, PPR has provided individuals with a steady source of truly passive income since 2007 without ever missing a payment. Check them out at investwithppr.com. Again, if you're looking to get monthly passive income from an experienced team with a strong track record, go to investwithppr.com today. 
This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Every lender loves to talk about how easy it is to get a mortgage. Then when it's time to fund your next deal, they ask for your full financials, your blood type, your mother's famous spaghetti recipe, and a map to the fountain of youth. Sound familiar? You you got all that handy, right? Why not switch to a lender who actually makes qualifying for a loan easy? A lender like Host Financial. Host Financial takes the tedious tax returns, endless W-2s, and time-consuming financial requests out of the picture. Their light dock and common sense underwriting guidelines mean frictionless transactions every time. You'll even be able to use the actual or projected income of the short-term or long-term rental you're looking to purchase or pull equity out of. That's what lending built for investors looks like. So take the next step and grow your portfolio faster. Visit hostfinancial.com to request a quote in as fast as 60 seconds, which is faster than this ad. If not, it's pretty close. That's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. Again, that's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. Let's uh, let's bring him on. Ben, welcome to the show, man. It's great to have you here. It's a pleasure being here. feel privileged and honored and wow. a little nervous. A little nervous. <laughs> wow. well, don't, don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. Josh is a little scary sometimes, but just pretend he's not there and you'll be fine. I'm just angry. <laughs> You're an angry man. <laughs> an angry short man. He is tough on me, right? Wait, did you just, what? Did you just call me an angry short man? I don't know what you're talking about. Wow. I, this this show is not about you, Josh Dorkin. We're talking with oh Ben today. Oh my goodness, Ben, Ben, Ben. All right, man. <laughs> Let, let's let's get to you, Ben. Another another show where I get ripped on. Clearly, clearly. Uh, so so you're you're a a real estate investor in Indianapolis, correct? Yes. All right. Or and, real estate wholesaler. I know that sometimes people have different definitions. Yes. But yes. Okay, so you are a wholesaler. You do not actually buy property to hold on to yourself. You 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 uh, buy them and turn them over to somebody else. Yeah. Currently, yes. Okay. So maybe actually, this is probably a good way to start is maybe you can give us your definition of exactly what a wholesaler is. I mean, because some go. people listen. We haven't done a wholesaling show in in quite it's a while. while. Yeah. So yeah. people who are just joining the podcast, new listeners, what is wholesaling uh, to you? Wholesaling to me. Um, involves you have to be a great marketer and so i market for motivated sellers or distressed properties and i speak with those sellers i get uh, build rapport with those sellers try and find or identify what their problem is when selling and provide a solution to that problem and a lot of times that's um cash a fast sale cash they can't can't normally sell their property traditionally like with a realtor. And so I get that property under contract and then I assign my interest in the contract to um, an end buyer or a cash buyer. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So plain, you know, plain and simple, a wholesale deal is one where where you're you're putting this thing under contract and you're assigning it to somebody else for uh, for uh, you know a higher price and you're making the difference between what you buy it for and what you sell it for. Yes. Exactly. Perfect. Exactly. So if I if I get the property under contract for fifty thousand, and I have a cash buyer who wants to buy the property for 
55,000, I make that $5,000 spread in the property. Perfect. Perfect. Cool. So what did you do before real estate? I mean, what was your, what was your career? I know you've got some interesting stuff that I think you kind of do on the side now. Um, Sure. What, tell us your story. Uh, Well, um, I was first exposed to real estate back in, after graduating Ball State in 2007, and I moved out to Phoenix and uh, I met a, a guy who was about probably about three years older than me, and he was living in his apartment and working out of his apartment in Tempe, Arizona, which is a big college town. And yep. he was living the life. And you know, I asked him what did, what did he do, and he he wholesaled real estate out in out in Phoenix area back in 2007. And he had a number of uh, he had hundreds of bandit signs. I didn't know what they were at the time, but now I know that they were bandit signs in his apartment. And that's how I was exposed to real estate. And he tried to encourage me to um, to, to get, get started doing it, but I didn't have the money. I didn't think I had the money or time needed to get started in real estate. But I tell that story because that's a kind of like a catalyst of how I got started um, a year ago. Um, in between 2007 and a year ago, um, I finished grad school and I took a position as an electronic medical record consultant. And if you don't know what that is, that is um, somebody, me specifically in electronic medical records, I train the nurses and the doctors how to chart on the on the medical system or the medical record chart um, data for their patients. Gotcha. So I took a job doing that and that's a consulting gig. And so I would have a contract for six months and then I would be off contract. I was having to travel all over the country. I've actually been to Seattle where uh, Brandon is located. Love Seattle. Nice. Um, And all in between doing those contracts, I was also playing um, poker semi-professionally, professionally, and that was providing a a good income. Nice. Nice. So can can you read Brandon right now? What's he thinking? Uh, Not sure. Yeah, nor is he. Not sure. (laughs) <laughs> like, you can't read me because I got like the Turner stare, which is not as cool as a Steinhorn <laughs> stare. Jay Scott's got his, you know, Steinhorn stare, but I got the Turner stare. You can't read it. Nice. See nice. that? Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Unreadable. Yeah. So <laughs> nice. poker, poker. I mean, you're unreadable because cool. there's really not a lot moving around in there. But you know, we'll 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 get, we'll get back to Ben here. Thanks. Thanks. All right. So anyway, you did uh, semi-professional and professional poker. Uh, just out of curiosity, were you ever like on TV or anything cool like that? Yeah, a few times I've been on. Uh, national television, uh, mostly on, I don't know if you guys have Comcast Sportsnet, um, it's all over the country, uh, or Fox Sports Midwest is a, or Fox Sports Channel, Network of Channels. I've been on TV for a few final tables that I've made. Wouldn't that infer that poker is a sport? Is poker it, is a is sport. It, it is a competition. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> is chess a sport? Is chess a oh, sport? Oh, man. We're not going to get into that debate. <laughs> we'll save it for another day. I just lost half our audience. No. All right. So, interesting. You're a fascinating guy. You got all this cool stuff going on. You get into real estate. How did it begin? You, you know, you had the bandit sign guy. What What was the first, you know, your first steps as as kind of getting going yourself? Well, like I said, being friends with that guy, his name was Art, and I've never been able to contact him. So Art, if you're out there listening, <laughs> Phoenix, he was kicking butt wholesaling in Phoenix. I, you know, I've never been able to reach him since then. But that was kind of a catalyst. 
on me. I was out, my wife and I had just, uh, well, my fiance at the time, um, we had just bought a house and I was at Lowe's shopping for things for the house and uh, things around the house. And I came out to my car and there was a business card um, on my windshield for uh, ML, uh, multi-level marketing real estate education program. And it was like, at the time I was searching for, um, I was trying to diversify, I guess you could say my income, um, realizing I was getting older. Um, if you watch the World Series of Poker, you'll see even this year, all of the all of the players at the table are young. It's kind of like any other sporting event. As you age, um, you're not as competitive as it. Um, that's a little bit of an exaggeration. Are you saying old guys are bad at poker? I'm not saying they're all bad. But <laughs> guys like Josh are bad at he poker. Just, he just put a target oh. on his head for anybody who actually <laughs> listens to the show who plays poker. But, you know, it's all good. You know, well, your mind has to be sharp when you're playing poker. Well, well, you I'm, out. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, you know, I'm always looking towards the future long term. Sure. And I'm saying, OK, I may not be able to compete at the level I'm competing at now. And a lot of the young guys are do the best at playing poker i need to and i'm not wanting to travel as an emr consultant for that job i was having to travel and be out of town i was about to marry my wife i'm wanting to start a family so i wanted to provide a source of income that would enable me to stay home so i got that business card on my car and i call the number and inquire about it and I Google it and Google about the the program and there's a forum post on Bigger Pockets. That's how I discovered Bigger Pockets and read the reviews on the forum post and discovered that it was going to cost me about twenty thousand dollars to enroll in this education program. <coughs> and education. <laughs> yes. And if I if I was able to get other people to enroll, I would get bonuses and uh I was looking to to make make money, not spend more money, yeah. <laughs> and and that's why I discovered Bigger Pockets and just ran with it. Started listening to every podcast, um, participating in the forum discussion discussions, reading the blog articles, and I, I've listened to every podcast. Nice. So I'm I just, sorry, I just ran with it. <laughs> So, so, okay. I mean, I had no, I, I legitimately had no idea that you're like a true tried another BP, like start to finish success story. So that's, that's, uh, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Um, all right. I do, so I do want to, I always want to point out something before we move on from that. I just want to say like, there's a lot of, what, one thing I thought was just awesome. You said, you know, there's a lot of people listening to this show right now who, you know, they're not professional poker players, but they're in the same, they have the same problem as if you were to look five or 10 years down the road at your job that a lot of people can't have the same job 5, 10, 15 years from now. I mean, in, industries are changing constantly. Uh, you know, robots are taking over. I mean, like in, I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like certain jobs are getting outsourced to to machines. Uh, a lot I got to see if I that, can find a, ro- a robot host. <laughs> you might have to. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do a robot voice, but I won't do it. I won't pain you all with that. But no, like, you know what I mean? Like people are, that's a, that's a common problem people are going through. Like that their, uh, you know, lives are changing. So I like the fact that you said that, you know, you looked forward and thought that, you know, in the future, 5, 10, 15 years from now, you won't be able to do the same thing. So why not start planning today uh, for what you're going to do later? So I just want to commend you for that. Yeah, and it it wasn't only the poker thing. It was the consulting thing, too. I was having to, you know, wanting to start a family. It's not fair to my wife or my, 
at the time would be my future child. I have a two month old now for me to be in Seattle week after week for months on end. And so I was looking for a way to provide an income without me having to travel as much. Gotcha. So, so why wholesaling? I mean, why did that, why did that come up? Uh, little risk involved with wholesaling. You don't need to use any of your own money um, or or little money. You need little money. Um, there are ways to get started without money. Um, but for me, uh, I, I took the approach where I could invest a little money into marketing, $1,000 and send out uh, hundreds of letters to absentee owners and and start generating deals. So there was little money. I didn't need to put a $20,000 down payment on a, on a house to get started investing in real estate. Instead of investing $20,000 in, into a down payment on the house, I, get, I could get started investing in marketing and for $1,000. And so little risk involved. And it really fits. Um, to be a good wholesaler, you need to be able to talk with sellers. You need to be able to build rapport with sellers. And something I didn't touch on earlier um, I briefly worked as a mortgage banker back in 2007 for about a month or two. Gotcha. And I was on the phone nonstop um, right before the market crashed. And I was still refinancing houses. So you have to be able to, it, it fit my strengths as being able to build rapport with homeowners and, and build those relationships and earn their trust. Nice. Nice. No, that's that's great. Well, so... Yeah, we, we want to talk more about wholesaling, but let's let's kind of get to the your your first deal, and then we'll kind of jump back to it. So, tell us about uh, you know you started doing these mailings. How did how did that go? And then what what was the resulting first deal? Yeah, so I I took action just simply by sending letters, um, reading the forum posts. I, I think I started a forum discussion. Um, Five thousand dollar direct mail marketing budget and. What would you guys do? You know, putting that out there to some of the other members of the Bigger Pockets community, and so I took their advice. Um, you know, networked, met with Jerry Puckett. He helped me start my direct mail uh, marketing campaign. I sent those letters out there, and and the calls started coming in. And my first call was from um, a doctor who worked um, at a local hospital here in Indianapolis. So. And at the time, I was working. I was working as an electronic medical record trainer, training the doctors. And so I instantly was able to build rapport with that doctor. And, you know, he's working at the same hospital that I'm working at. Oh, nice. We have something yeah. in common. He, he trusts me. Um, and so built that rapport and went and took a look at his house. And I went by myself. And I had no clue what I was doing. <laughs> My mentor still makes fun of me today and says, you know, you have no clue what you're doing, but you just do it. And that's what I, what I did. I just did. It. I just sent the letters. I'm the type of person, which you'll, you'll learn later. Um, I don't learn by reading. I learn by doing. Ready, fire, um, aim. <laughs> and so, yeah, exactly. And so I, I just went for it. I went and looked at the house and it was mold, water damage. Uh, it was it was horrible. It was in disarray. Yeah. And, and I he, almost, was, he wasn't living there, right? I mean, this was a... It, it was vacant. vacant. It was vacant. Okay. It was his um, mom's house. Um, okay. He had been put into um, 
or she had passed recently passed away. And so he, it was his mother's house and he wasn't living in the house. The house was, had been vacant for three years, a water main, uh, pipe burst, tons of water damage, mold. And I almost completely wrote it off as like, you know, me not having, uh, hardly any experience. I almost wrote it off as, Oh, nobody's going to buy this property. Yep. And, um, through poker, I had met a guy um, who has now become my mentor, um, who was flipping three, four houses uh, a month in Indianapolis. So uh, I went to him instead of giving up on the property. I went to him thinking, oh, there's no chance anybody's going to buy this property. I went to him and he was kind enough to go out there and look at the property with me and tell me the repairs that it needed. And he made, he told me um, what he would pay me for the house. And so from there, I went back to the seller and made my offer. And, and so, what, so, so what did those numbers look like? Uh, well, he had esti- repair estimates. No, I mean, just, the- you know, what did he say he'd pay you? And, and what did you decide to go to the seller with? Uh, well, he told me he would, he would, uh, Pay me nineteen thousand. Okay. And I, you know, still learning. I I wanted to make ten thousand in the deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I mean the property was worth a lot more than nineteen thousand. I think it had an ARV of around one hundred and fifty thousand. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yes, but it was it needed a lot of work. Sure. Uh, and so. I wanted to make ten thousand. I made a mistake. Being, you know, this is the first offer I'm ever going. I, I was ever making at the time. This is the first offer I'd made on the house. I went back to the homeowner, and I meant to offer nine, but I offered twelve. I have no idea why. <laughs> and he immediately accepted. He said, "Sure, that'll be that'll work." Yeah. Wow. And he accepted my twelve thousand dollar offer, and I wholesaled it to the cash buyer who I had, uh, who is now my mentor. Um, that I had met through poker and I um, wholesaled it to him and sold it to him for 19. Okay. So you, you talk to the doc, you say, doc, 12K, you know, kicking yourself in the foot for, for <laughs> you know, losing that possible three grand there. Um, you've now got a signed contract with this, with this person. For, for those uh, new folks listening to the show who don't really know the process, what, what happens next? You've got a contract from him. He signed it. Um, how do you now bring it? And, and you have an agreement with this other guy who's going to pay you nineteen, right? So seven thousand dollar difference. How do you close on the property? Wh- what do you do? Well, I I ass- use an assignment contract and assign my interest in the property to my cash buyer. Okay, okay. so I'm assuming then when you made the original offer to the or made the offer to the homeowner, you did like. Uh, you know, Ben and or assigns, correct? Exactly. Exactly. All of my uh, purchase agreements have that disclosure in there that I'm going to be profiting. I disclose everything to all of my sellers. You know, I am, you know, I don't do this as a hobby. I do this to make money. And so I have to make money one way or another, whether it be through holding the property as a long-term rental, whether it be me fixing the property and flipping it, or whether it be me be assigning the contract to a cash investor for 
for a profit. And, and okay. for, for those people who are confused by the assigning thing, because I know I was really confused for a long time until I figured out what that is. Another way to look at that is, this, I mean, it's just like saying me, Brandon, or whoever I choose is going to buy this property. I mean, that's essentially what the phrase and or assigns means. And, uh, you know, assigning something obviously means to, I don't know, give it over or, or sell it over. So you're Brandon and or whoever I choose is going to buy this property. And then whoever I choose could be Joshua Dorkin right there. And then I would do the assignment paperwork. And then that just basically says Brandon is assigning it to Josh. That way, legally, it still all makes sense, right? It's and or assigns. It's and or Josh. He's the assigns. Yeah. Yeah. So so how does that work, though? I mean, all right. You have the contract. You can now and or assigns it. Proper English. Way to go. Uh, uh, and or assign it to me. So you're assigning the, this contract to me. Where do you assign it to me? Do you literally just say, you know, you and I shook hands and say, you're going to give it to me. So now you literally in front of me, write my name on the contract, hand it to me and it's over? Or is there is there more of a formal process to do it at a closing table? How does all that work? When do you get paid? Kind of walk us through the the, the finer details here. Uh, well, I get the purchase agreement with the seller. Yep. For an agreed upon price, disclosing yep. that I am either I am profiting through either assigning, flipping, or holding myself. Right. And then um Josh, are you asking? I'm a, I, I guess I, I'm I literally I want I want the, you know, pretend I know nothing about this whole thing, right? I I you know, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, cool. So you now have the signed contract, you got a copy, he's got a copy, uh, the the seller, right? You're holding on to this contract and you, uh, you know, again, Brand- let's just change it to Brandon. Brandon's the guy who's the cash buyer, money man over there, cash buyer who's going to buy this property from, from, from you, the wholesaler, right? Mm-hmm. So Brandon, you know, says, hey, I'm going to give you 19000 You have a contract for 12000 What do you do with that? Um, how do you close on the deal? And when do you get paid? That's what I want to know. So does Brandon then sign your the same contract? You put his name on it. He then signs that contract. Um, like you can do it in in your office at your house, or do you have to go to a closing table? Is there another piece of paper that kind of goes into this whole thing? And do you get paid immediately by Brandon, or does the seller get paid by Brandon? How does the whole transaction uh, take place? The finalized transaction. Well, what happens is I, when I'm assigning these properties to my cash buyers, I get my purchase agreement with my seller and I pay an earnest money deposit on the property okay. and I open up title and escrow with my title company with the contract between me and my seller. Yep. Then from there, I may have, uh, I've closed properties in one week, closed on properties in one week or it's taking, taken 30 days or longer. I've had one property that took, it was held up in closing for literally seven months. Wow. Uh, yeah. But uh, so I take that, I have my contract with my seller and then I start marketing the property to my cash buyers. And, you know, my cash buyers, I have a, a good relationship with. Um, but my cash buyer is sort of, I mean, he is my mentor. So I just give him a call up and I say, hey, I have this property um, at this price. Are you interested? He says, yes. He makes me in my offer. He, makes a counter offer or he accepts my offer. And then I assign, I use an assignment contract and assign that contract 
for the purchase agreement. I assigned that purchase agreement, assigned that my interest in the property to my cash buyer. And then I send that signed contract over to the title agent. Okay. So and then I get paid at at the closing table. Gotcha. So you have purchase purchase agreement is one kind piece of paper, one document signed between you and the seller. And then there's an assignment contract, which is another piece of paper, which is signed between you and the buyer. Correct. Okay. You've opened up escrow with the seller and this document is in in escrow and titles, title escrow's hands. You now have this second document, which now after signatures between you and the other uh, individual, the cash buyer, uh, both of you guys get that over to uh, escrow agent. They now have it. And then the closing takes place wherever it takes place. You don't need to show up at closing, correct? No, I don't. There, there are some closings um, I have never showed up for. Um, there are closings that I have sh- showed up for. Um, okay. this just really depends. I, have, I closed one deal where I never met the seller face-to-face. Um, yeah. she, she was in Bloomington, which is about two hours south hours south of Indianapolis and we never met face to face and we the closing took place in her town so that she didn't have to drive to Indianapolis. Gotcha. Gotcha. So so the closing happens whenever it's designated. Uh the the buyer, the cash buyer and the seller, you know, it, basically everybody kind of comes together and you get a check uh, for the difference and and title escrow figures all that out and that's a wrap. Yeah, I get my check from the title company. Cool. Now, just to throw some confusion in here, the assignment is not the only way to close these. And a lot of times you can't use assignments, right? Because uh, certain, like if you're trying to buy from a bank, a bank doesn't allow and or assigns to be written in the contract typically. Uh, have you ever done what's called like a double closing or a simultaneous closing? No, I. Uh, there is a lot of discussion on the Bigger Pockets forums about double closings and whether or not they are needed. Uh, I believe that, you know, if you do a a good enough job building rapport with your sellers, earning their trust, solving a problem for them, you know, you have to be able to solve a problem. It has to be a win, a win for them, not only for you or your cash buyer, it has to be a win for them. If you do a good enough job disclosing everything, you know, hey, I, like I said, I don't do this as a hobby. I do this for an income for me and my family. I need to be able to make money. I'm an investor. I need to be able to make money. You disclose that to them. You earn their trust. You you solve their problem. You get them the house sold fast, you know, get rid of the headache for them or get them the money they need. They're, they, I haven't had encountered any sellers who worry about how much money I am making or any of my cash buyers um, have a good relationship with and I only have two or three cash buyers. You you don't need a huge buyers list. At least I don't I don't need one here in Indianapolis. But they don't care how much money I make. They just want me to bring them good deals, and the sellers just want me to solve their problem and get them the money that they want. I, I think it's interesting that that you say that. You know, they don't care how much you make because they know that you're solving their problem. That is the the uh, the buyer. Um, you know, as long as they can get some profit out of the deal. It's it's in their interest to to ensure that you're happy so you can continue to source deals for them, right? And, and maybe not even exactly. profit, as long as you can solve their problem is I think the the key, right? So <laughs> Well, I was talking about the buyer. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then from the seller's perspective, it's I it's gotcha. the same thing. You know, they they just want to get the heck out, and and you know, as long as you're not completely unreasonable and charging a thousand bucks for a property that yeah. probably should have gotten rid of for nine or twelve, then yeah, they're they're gonna be happy, and uh, you know, you're a reasonable person. You explain how, and you know, you you disclose what you do and how you do it. Then, then you know that that trust factor comes into play because I I think a lot of people where where they fail is they try to be yeah there are a lot of people who try to do things underhanded and and think that they have to you know um, be a little less than transparent in mm-hmm. what they're doing and and I think that's where a lot of the bad name comes in on on wholesaling as well is uh, you know if if you're clear and say hey this is what I do this is how we do it you know uh, I I see no issue whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, on my website, I have a post and my blog, it's an, it's an advice for sellers. And it says, what do cash buyers do at, with the property after we buy that? After we buy your property, what do we do with your property? Yeah. And it explains, we either wholesale it, we either hold it, or we either flip it. That's a cool idea. I don't have that on mine, but I should add that to my buyers, like my, we buy, you know, properties kind of site. Uh, just yeah. a, uh, yeah, kind of an explanation. Yeah. Transparent. You're being transparent. Like, I, I love like that. I love that. I think, I, th- I mean, I, I really like the way you explained it also when you said, you know, you explained to them, I got to make money from me and my family. Like, I like the idea of like, because you're, I mean, you're being 100%, I mean, honest, nobody's mad at Home Depot because they charge double what they bought it from China for, you know, for a plunger. Like, nobody's mad at Home Depot for that. Like, that they serve a purpose and it's a very valuable one because I'm not going to fly to China to go buy a plunger. And so, uh, by just, I mean, like a wholesaler has a very valuable role in the real estate process if it's done correctly. Now, where it's not done correctly is you go to your buddy and you're like, hey, I got this, con- you know, this property under contract when it's worth, like you said, 19000 he'd pay for it. I got it under contract and uh, I'll sell it to you for, you know, 85000 And then he just laughs at you <laughs> and or you don't even have it under contract, period. You just went and found it on the MLS and then told well, him that's that, the yeah, worst. Yeah, it was on the MLS for 50. You told him you'll get it to him from 85 and it's worth 19. I mean, that, yeah, we there see a are, lot of that. Yeah, there are a lot of people. There are some people, I mean, I get I get deals sent to me that are on the MLS. Yep. And so. so that's, where, that's crazy. What is, what is your advice? I mean, do you have any good advice for people who are just starting out that maybe, you know, went to a seminar or saw, saw something online that they, they are really excited about wholesaling now? I mean, what advice do you give them t- so they don't turn out like that, so they turn out more like you? I've, be transparent with them, build rapport with them, be honest with them. If you can't solve a problem, there's, there's been sellers who have, you know, kind of, they just don't want to work with a realtor. And, and I say, well, you know, to be honest, it's in your best interest to work with a realtor. Like there's no need you're, you're going to make more money if you sell traditionally with a realtor. So my best advice those wanting to get started wholesaling is to just be transparent with your sellers. Find find out what their problem is. For some people, it's not even about the money whatsoever. It has nothing to do with the money. Figure out what that pain point is for them and target that. For my first deal, the, the doctor wasn't worried about the money. He was worried about a house that had been sitting vacant for three years that had been Nothing was being done with it. It was a headache. He was getting contacted by the county. He just wanted to get rid of the headache, regardless of 
how much money he sold, how much money he sold the property for. Yeah. So just find that pain point with the sellers and figure out if you can solve a problem for them. Yeah. And, and you know, to that, if they don't have a pain point, they're not going to sell it to you, right? I mean, that's no. that's kind of the bottom line. If they don't have a pain point, they're going to probably sell it retail. They're going to probably put it on the MLS. They're going to probably go through a realtor. And, and you know, it is what it is, which is why, you know, I, I think it's so funny when people come out there, well, come out and just, you know, say that, that investors are taking advantage of folks. You know, the folks that are, that are you know, unloading properties for, for, pennies or, or nickels or dimes or quarters on the dollar are doing it for a reason. They're, they're doing it because the traditional process of going through a real estate agent and listing the property on the MLS and waiting 30, you know, 45 day escrows doesn't work for them. It's not going to work for them. There's a reason for it. You know, somebody's in the hospital, you know, the, the property's just, you know, going down fast for whatever reason. They want to get out from under it. So, you know, again, as long as you're being transparent, not taking advantage of these people, working with them, talking to them, finding out why it is that they want to get rid of this thing, you know, you're helping them out. You're helping them out. So, yeah, to all the folks who, who, who might be listening, thinking, well, you know, I don't know, I think investors can be kind of shady. Oh, there might be some. And, and you know, that, that's unfortunate. And, you know, I'd say the vast majority of folks aren't that way. Um, and there is a legitimate reason why this works. If if it didn't work, you know, people aren't going to accept an offer on a property uh, if they don't find that to be uh, their uh, a doable option. So, um, yeah, and, I don't know. And you know, for for wholesalers getting a bad rap, there's another aspect of wholesaling. Uh, it imagine all of the properties in any community that would still be vacant and squatters be staying in there and, and you know, vandalism taking place in all these communities um, are around cities all over the United States. If wholesalers weren't out there um, finding these properties and, and selling them and in, in turn getting them, getting the communities revitalized. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I look around my neighborhood. I look at properties that wholesalers have come in, picked up and, and turned over and I know for a fact that those properties would have sat many, many, many times longer, uh, you know, with with weeds and gravel, you know, uh, you know, possible vagrants in there, all sorts of problems. If not for the wholesalers coming in, and 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 so they're helping everybody. So I, I I do think it's a good thing. Now there are bad things too, right? I mean, some folks do things unethically. We've talked about that. You know, I, I think doing using things like bandit signs illegally. And and other things that kind of uh, are are negative towards investors and the community are certainly a problem, but uh, they they serve a good role. All right, so h- how many deals have you done total now? Uh, five going on six. So five going on six. So you're you're pretty new at this. Let, what, let's, yeah. Yes. When, when was that first one? Like how long have you been doing uh, this? I don't. Even... Well, the first one is the one that sat in closing for seven months. The oh, wow. seller was. Yes, uh, I took action uh, in August of last year, started to put together my direct, so took action a year ago, putting together my direct mail campaign and then sending the letters. And it uh, took me about a month, month and a half to get that property, my first deal under contract after the call started coming in. 
and my cash buyer was ready to close. My um, my seller was, you know, he was an old school guy. He liked to work, do everything through his his attorney, and so um, which is fine. Uh, we worked with them. But the attorney, um, I don't know what what happened. I don't know exactly. There was a, a tax issue, and the attorney was busy, and he he didn't he wasn't efficient on getting getting to the property and taking care of his client's needs as as fast as he should have should have been so that deal set for for 7 months okay wow okay wow so that's still done, yeah it's only right. been a, I was going to say it's only been a year and you've done 5 going on 6 that's that's good i mean for most wholesalers that want to get into wholesaling never do their first deal or they might do one uh, so yeah. I, I think that's awesome that you've done that many in in just your first year and that's while working while uh, planning a wedding while playing poker, traveling to play poker, uh, and doing the EMR consulting, having a few contracts in there, working full-time. And you just had a baby, you said, right? Two months ago? And I just yeah. just had a baby two months ago. Yeah, That's You're crazy. not too busy, man. You're not too busy. <laughs> <That's> no. <laughs> so how do you do that? I mean, do you have any tips for people? A lot of people listening to this show have full-time jobs, or they, they work a lot. They've got a kid. They've got families to deal with. How do you, uh, how do you balance that all? Uh, time management is important and, and making, setting priorities. Uh, I know that's kind of vague. Uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't get into this saying, Hey, in my first year wholesaling, I'm going to build a massive wholesaling business and I'm going to quit my job and quit playing poker. And this is what I'm going to do. That wasn't, I just wanted to provide some extra income for me and my family. I wasn't so I didn't necessarily need to commit to 40 hours a week wholesaling properties. I was comfortable closing one deal every other month, every few months. Nice. So um, recently really started uh, putting some systems in place to deal with the uh, the leads that are that are coming in. And so. I hate Microsoft Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> and so I'm just not. They're not one of our sponsors. With, it's okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't work well with those. And so started to really put some systems in place to have my calls that come in automatically inputted input into my CRM. Uh, so I use Podio. Yeah. Podio. Okay. So, We've tried yeah. that, by the way. So I have a workspace built where Every time in Podio, they have they uh, it's organized by workspaces, and I have a seller's lead app in my Podio where every time somebody calls, every time a seller calls, I get a text message, and that lead also gets input into my Podio workspace with the seller's phone number, so that I don't have to manually enter that information into an Excel spreadsheet. Okay, so you know I'm I'm gonna. Challenge you on something here. Um, you write for the Bigger Pockets blog, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, I do. What I would love for you to do, if you'd be up for it, because I think we've talked about this before with other people using kind of a CRM to organize. Um, I'm going to ask you to write a post on how you use Podio, and you don't have to use your actual properties, but maybe like kind of do some hypotheticals and just show kind of how you're doing it. Because I think a lot of people would be. Um, really interested in, in the systemization of, of 
uh, of the business of, of a business. And, and I think it'd be incredibly valuable to people uh, to, to kind of show how you're doing it. So if you'd be up for it, <coughs> yeah, challenge. I, I already, I mean, I already have it written. I already, I just, in the, it's, there's already a draft written about that. How I use Podio nice. um, seven, seven software, seven, seven swap software tools that I'd use to, um, streamline my wholesaling business or my lead management, something that that's going to be the title of it. But nice. I use, I also use Vumber, which is a, a voice service. And Vumber. so I have a different, yeah, Vumber, V as in Victor, U, M as in Max, B as in boy, E-R, Vumber, nice. uh, where I have multiple phone numbers for different marketing campaigns, whether it be through my website, that has a different phone number. Um, Bumber gives me a phone number for my direct mail campaign. I've also partnered with somebody I met on Bigger Pockets. He drives around town, does driving for dollars, which nice. is where he drives around town and he identifies vacant properties. We have a specific phone number for that campaign so that we know when a call comes in, where that lead come, is coming from so that we don't have to take the time to That's ask smart. sellers. We know. Yeah. That so I use Bumber. Yeah. Okay. So Podio um, and Bumber. Another one is uh, it does it. it so does what it does it it does it is another software application that I use. It takes my data in Podio, and with the click of um, one button, so if I say send an offer letter, click on yes in Podio, it does it. Takes those that data in in each seller lead, so seller address, seller name, seller city, seller state, seller zip code. And creates uh, a web merge or a, or, or a document automatically for me. Automatically creates a letter with the click of a button with specific seller data, so that I don't have to manually write those letters out. It automatically creates the letter, and that letter automatically with the service. I'm I'm not really that technical, but I don't know exactly how it all works. But it does it sends that uh, data to web merge with which creates a document and that web merge sends that letter to a mailing service automatically. And that mailing service is called lob L O B and they automatically send the letter for me, pay for postage. It just comes out of my checking account. And so it's all streamlined. Nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, you know, the, Obviously, people listening to this, they're probably in their car or whatever. They, they didn't have time to actually write down everything here. So what I'm going to actually do is for this uh, podcast, when it comes out, I'll actually put a link on the show notes to a page where people can download kind of a, a step-by-step of what you just explained. We'll actually write it out and put it into a nice PDF. Uh, people can print it out hanging on their bulletin board. So uh, just head over to uh, biggerpockets.com slash show 91, and I will have a, uh, a link to it there because I think that's going to be extremely helpful. And uh, if we get that blog post of yours out before, uh, we'll get that thrown in there as well. And so, um, yeah, awesome. Awesome. I, nice. lo- I love that stuff. And and I think that kind of automation stuff is a good way to help that work-life balance we talked about is you don't have to sit there and enter Excel information in and, uh, you know, all that stuff. I think that's uh, excellent. So yeah. well, well yeah, done. Exactly. Remember when you had to pay to get a leads phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. 
That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my 9-to-5 job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Whether you need to buy or sell, or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes to help you see new homes first. And they give you personalized recommendations based on the homes you like, so you can find a home that's just right for you, whether that's a cabin, a craftsman, or a castle. With the top-rated Redfin app, you can favorite homes, share listings with others, and schedule tours even on the same day with a local Redfin agent who can help guide you through the whole home buying process. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents have the experience to help you get the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards what matters most to you, like your next home. In fact, last year, Redfin saved home sellers $127 million. No matter where you are in your real estate journey, Redfin can help. Download the Redfin app to get started today. You've heard us talk about it before. High interest rates are crushing real estate investors, leaving even some of the best investors in need of funding now. But with today's liquidity crisis, who can fill the demand? With Fundrise, America's largest direct-to-investor alternative asset manager, you have the opportunity to. Fundrise's new opportunistic private credit strategy was designed specifically for this new market environment. Fundrise supplies high-demand bridge financing on high-quality assets with credit-worthy borrowers. Top real estate investors get the funding they need while you walk away getting paid a healthy interest rate. To date, Fundrise has completed more than $500 million worth of private credit deals with an average net interest of 10.8%, and they've already amassed a pipeline worth more than $300 million. Don't sit on the sidelines. You can take advantage of this unique window of opportunity while it lasts with Fundrise's new private credit strategy. Ready to start? Go to Fundrise.com pockets to learn more. That's F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E dot com slash pockets.
This is a paid endorsement for Fundrise. Past performance is not indicative of future results. All investments can lead to loss. Cool. Nice. Um, I'm wondering also then, you said when you get like a voice, like when you get a call, it puts the number in. Does that mean like, are you answering your phone or is it going to your voicemail? How, how does that side of things work? I have it built so that when I receive a call, it goes directly to voicemail, except for my uh, website leads. Okay. Or I, I like the, the website leads. I like to answer, you know, they're inquiring at that time. You want to get on those leads right away. Yeah. Um, so my direct mail leads, I send directly to, uh, to voicemail. My website leads, I can answer directly. That's so cool. it sends them directly to voicemail. And then Vumber emails me. Um, and says you have a lead and I have it built so that email automatically inputs the seller data with the seller's phone number into um, Podio or my so CRM. Cool. Yeah, that's so cool. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, what I a, use Zapier. Uh, go ahead, Zapier go ahead. is another service. Z-A-P-I-E-R. Zapier is another service I use where I uh, receive a text message every time um, I have a lead come in. Okay, cool. Because they're going directly to voicemail. So um, I, I receive a text so that I know with the seller's phone number, if, I, you know, if I'm in the mood or if I have the time to take calls, uh, I, can, I have the phone number right there and a text message. I can just click on it and, and call the seller up. This is awesome, man. Yeah. It really is cool hearing like the the tools that you're using to kind of to do this automation as Brandon was talking about. And I also love uh, that you know you're not here to try and build this monster wholesaling business. You're really trying to just build something for some side income, uh, which is great. You know, I, I think a lot of our interviewees uh, on on the podcast, you know, their goal is to to quit. Their goal is to you know just go you know hundred percent uh, for Real estate and and uh, so it's it's kind of cool to hear. Yet you know there is a middle ground, right? And yeah, so, I mean, I I enjoy. Sorry to interrupt, Josh. That's okay. I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Before I forget, I enjoy the job I do working with the doctors and nurses, electronic medical record training. I enjoy playing poker. It provides good income. I I'm a competitive person. That's an outlet for me. Um, being able to compete. Uh, I. I enjoy those things. So I don't want to give up playing poker hundred percent. I don't want to give up the uh, electronic medical record consulting that I'm doing hundred yeah. percent. I'm just looking, like you said, just another source of income and it doesn't have to be a full-time million dollar a year business. Yeah. So, so, so what is then, because there's got to be a line, right? The line has got to be, you, I could only afford to do X deals. Right. I could only, you know, I I don't want 10 deals a month. I don't want five deals a month. I, I, I want two. I want three at most because anything more than that is going to take me away from everything else. But at the same time, it's going to give me an extra 100 grand, 200 grand or whatever it is a year. So for you, I guess, what is, what is that line? You know, is it is it two deals a month that you're kind of aiming for? So you're not market, you know, sending out hundreds of thousands of letters. You're sending out a lot less in your funnel uh, to, to get to that. X number of deals. So, so what does that number look like? Well, I've had a goal uh, for the for the past year. I mean, I I had always known I'd like to get to one deal a month. Okay. Um, and in Indianapolis, the 
the wholesale fees are are a lot smaller than what they would be in California because the the price of real estate in Indianapolis is is a lot lower than it is in California, and therefore your wholesale fees are are a lot lower. And so, if you know, an average wholesale fee in Indianapolis is about five thousand dollars. At least for me, that's what it's been. And through you know going to the RIAs and networking locally and talking with other wholesalers and other investors, you know, the average fee is five thousand. So for me, if I could do one deal a month, that would that would be I'd be satisfied with that. Yeah. I'd still be able to do the uh, the consulting work that I do, and still be able to to keep playing poker like I do. Nice, that's cool. Nice, that's cool. I I, I think that's awesome. Like, yeah, I, I really like the concept of of part time kind of wholesaling as an additional income stream. And and furthermore, I mean, there's people probably listening to this that don't care that much about wholesaling, uh, but I think what what's great about it is forget the idea of wholesaling. It's everything else. It's the marketing and the leads. Like, why don't more landlords do that? Why don't more flippers do it on their own? It's just because they don't know how or they don't have the time or whatever. Like, but this kind of stuff helps, you know, the rest of us even more than it helps a wholesaler. You know, a, a landlord can pay way more than a flipper or a, a wholesaler can. And so if more landlords did this, they could get, you know, much better deals than they're getting off the MLS. So I just that's, think that's, that's very a cool. great point. That's a great point. Yeah. And, you know, that's always, that's always been something I've wondered about. I'm like, you know, it's always the wholesalers who are doing the, the the marketing, the direct mail and all that stuff. And you really don't hear about a lot of landlords or, or flippers who are doing their own marketing in, in those kinds of ways. And, and I think if more folks would, um, yeah. you know, hey, better deals, more profit margin, it, it, you know, it, it's maybe it's they can't. Thing. Maybe they can't. Maybe they just, I, I like to think, I mean, wholesalers, you either, I mean, you you, you have to sort of, be, you have to be comfortable on the phone with complete strangers. You have to be able to build rapport with sellers and earn their trust. If you're all about the numbers and all about the business side and not about building relationships with these sellers and building rapport with these sellers, you're never, you're, you can't part. You're not going to yeah. have success marketing. So you kind of have to have it or learn how to learn how to well, do it, how to I talk to motive talk to sellers. I think that's a really good point too, is that, I yeah. mean, some people just, they're, they're not good at that kind of thing. Like for, for me, I do not like talking on the phone. I never have. And so I would gladly rather pay you $5,000 to find me my next deal than for me to go and, you know, get a little bit better deal, but have to do it myself. I just don't like talking on the phone that much. It just, it bugs me. I do it. And, you know, I advertise for, you know, motivated sellers a little bit, but it's not my favorite part of my job. So why not outsource that to a, wholesaler and focus on what I'm good at. And that is, I think, I don't know, landlording or BSE. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> All right. So, so building upon that, what are like, what are the skills? Um, and then we got to, you know, move on, but I want to know what are the skills a good wholesaler should have? Like, do you have any, like, do you have a list in your head or, or just what are those things that a person should be good at in order to be a good wholesaler? You have to be good at marketing. First of all, I mean, leads are, the lifeblood of any wholesaler's business. You have to have leads and to generate leads, you have to be good at marketing. And so be good at marketing. What does that mean? Um, you know, how to, how to, how to generate leads? How am I going to generate, generate my leads? My direct mail, you have to understand what sort of sellers to target or to market towards um, my website. What, 
what kind of content should I be producing on my seller's website to, to produce leads? So you have to be good at marketing. Uh, another skill is you have to tr know the numbers and trust your numbers. Um, there have been deals that I have lost because I haven't trusted my numbers. Uh, you have to know, know your numbers. You have to understand what your buyers want. So you have to know what your buyer's numbers are. Uh, you have to, you have to, more than anything, I think this is number one skill any wholesaler has to have. You have to be able to build rapport with sellers. People work with people they trust or people yep. they like. And so the number one skill is you have to be able to build a rapport with those sellers. I know it cliche it gets said all the time but it's the truth you've only said it 34 times it's the, show, the truth so, yeah. it's the truth yeah, yeah. So, no, i love awesome. it i love it that's great that's well, great all right but uh the last thing i want to mention is you mentioned uh well there's two more things first of all 70 percent rule uh for those people who don't know it's the idea of you know properties worth a hundred thousand dollars take 70 percent of that you got seventy thousand. subtract out your repair costs uh, and a flipper would use that to know what to pay for, and a wholesaler would subtract out their wholesale fee. And again, there's a lot of good articles. We'll actually link to some 70% rule articles on the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show92, but you have something else to say, I some, can tell. Yeah, something else. A lot of, a lot of uh, members of the Bigger Pockets community, they're always asking about numbers, and they automatically assume that every wholesale deal falls into, you, when you're identifying if the numbers work, they automatically assume that they should follow the 70% rule. Well, you have some wholesale, that's for owner occupant type houses. And what that means is that's if your cash buyer is going to flip the property and sell, or sell it to an owner occupant. You have some cash buyers out there who are buy and hold investors. So they're not concerned with the 70% rule. They're concerned with the cap rate or how much cash flow yeah. the property is going to produce. So um, you, you, the 70% rule doesn't apply in every wholesale deal. For buy and hold investments or rental properties, the numbers are different. I don't know if you want me to go into that or link to a post. Or, yeah, I'll link uh, to a post about it, or maybe you'll write one before this podcast comes out or something. <laughs> but sure. No, but, but I think that's a, a, va a very valuable yeah, point, is understand point. who your buyer is, who your cash buyer is, and... Uh, you know, run your numbers from that standpoint, not just from some imaginary number that you think they're going to want. So I, I think that's terrific. Um, yeah. With that, let's, uh, uh, and, and of course, if people want to, might as well do a second plug. If they want to do some numbers online, you can use the Bigger Pockets analysis calculators. We have two of them, a rental property one and a house flipping one. And wholesalers can use either one depending on who they're marketing to, which you can get to at biggerpockets.com forward slash analysis. So make sure you guys check that out. It's kind of cool. And uh, uh, the last question I have before going to the fire round is what comes next for you? Like, where's your business headed? What are you working on in your business to uh, propel it forward in the future? Uh, well, I'm really focused on, like I said, I want to be able to, I don't want to give up the, elect, the EMR consulting work that I do. I don't want to completely give up the poker playing, um, but I, I, I want to be able to close deals every month. And so I'm really I, I touched on Podio and some of the software apps I'm using to streamline bit my business. I'm really focused on creating systems and in, in, in my business and 
and look, I'm starting to looking into either a voice, uh, a voice answering service or, um, hiring a VA to, to initially screen some of the calls that come in. And I'm also really focused on, um, increasing my web presence, um, so that I can generate leads via social media, really focused on Facebook advertising, uh, Google, starting to um, research Google AdWords. I haven't pulled the trigger on a Google AdWords campaign yet and really focused on um, organic SEO for my, for my website. Okay. So awesome. When- cool. Cool. Um, do you have any, I mean, I know we got to move on, but do you like when you talk about SEO, what exactly do you mean by that? Do you want to give a, a just a brief uh, description? Dirty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm focused on organic SEO. So SEO, search engine optimization. I want my website to rank well for those search terms that motive that sellers are searching for. So, uh, sell my house fast, Indianapolis, cash home buyers, Indianapolis. And so I'm uh, working with um, a gentleman who I met on Bigger Pockets, uh, Jared Morris, and uh, he's he's I kind of hired him to do some consulting for me kind of modeled my website after his his website. And so I'm producing the same type of content for my website that he's producing for his. And so just really focused on what type of content should I be creating and blog articles. I'm really starting to look look into getting on YouTube testimonials um, for my website. So I had a seller I closed last week. I closed the deal last week and a seller I uh, did a did a testimonial at the closing table with her and so that's just creating content for my website that Google you know sees as valuable content so that yeah. it'll, it'll rank well naturally um it's funny she called me back the seller called me back a week later and you know usually at the sellers get their money they they don't really you know they don't always call you back they're happy their problem's been solved this seller called me back i was like oh you know we've been through closing what's wrong she called me back and she said that, you know, she wanted to know if we could do the testimonial over because uh, do it again because she had gotten her hair done since then. And she, <laughs> so she, awesome. uh, she wanted to redo the testimonial because she was wearing a hat the day of the closing and she had gotten her hair done. And so just really focus, uh, get back on the subject of SEO, just producing, producing content that is that Google sees as valuable. So yeah. whether it be blog posts or YouTube videos or podcasts or that's what I'm focused on right now. I think that's, I think that's smart. Very smart. So cool. Uh, well, again, we will link to a lot of that stuff we just talked about in uh, the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 92. Uh, but I think I hear a siren starting, there which it means it's time for, it's time for the fire round. <laughs> All right, the fire <laughs> round. <laughs> these questions come from the Bigger Pockets forums. And Ben, I know you hang out there, so you probably will recognize some of these. Uh, we're just going to fire them at you real quick. Number one, what is your most effective real estate marketing technique? What did you find the most success from? Uh, direct mail. Mailing to absentee owners. That was the my first investment, you could say, in real estate, which... I'm a real estate investor because I am investing in real estate and I invested. I didn't choose to invest in a down payment for a house. I chose to invest into a marketing campaign geared towards real estate owners. So direct mail. Cool. Direct mail is 
Nice. Mailing nice. to absentee owners will work and the, the, the calls will start coming in. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, this one we kind of covered earlier, but maybe, I'll, maybe we'll ask it again and get a little bit more from you. Is it completely necessary to, to tell your seller that you are wholesaling or can you just say a partner or something? Uh, you can you can say a partner. I mean, I a lot of times that that question doesn't come up. It's because it's automatically disclosed in your initial conversations that because a lot of times in your first conversation with the seller, you don't know what your plan is with the property. A hundred percent. You may think you're going to wholesale it and then find out you can't wholesale it. You may think you. This would be a great buy and hold investment for yourself. So if you disclose that you, I think it's necessary to disclose that you may do one of three things. You may either buy it for yourself, wholesale it, or buy it for yourself or wholesale it. Okay. I think I think it is necessary. And you know, if you are working with a partner, you do want to disclose that as well. I mean, I have partners my mentor goes out with me to look at a lot of houses. He is, in essence, he is a partner of mine. And so I, I could say my partner and I, or my friend and I are thinking about buying this. Yeah, sure. Cool. Right, right, on. right on. Cool. All right. Well, last, last question uh, from the fire round is, what this is, is the fire round? Jeez. This is the fire round. <laughs> Under fire. With well, you got to, you got to, <laughs> Yeah, feel the heat, man. All right, what issues with a house will make you run from a wholesale deal? What scares you away? I don't have enough knowledge yet to be scared. Too, I don't too dumb and stupid, huh? Too dumb and <laughs> stupid. I mean, I defer to my mentor on everything. Yeah. I'm not I don't have enough knowledge. I haven't learned enough to know what what is a deal breaker or not. If I some people say mold and blood yeah. and if I would have if, if I would have been scared of that, my very first deal because of the mold and the flood that took place in the house, uh, I would have lost a deal. So yeah. nothing scares me. You're like, I, you're like your little two month old baby crawling into a, a bed of fire, yes. not knowing that you're about to get burned. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully that never happens, by the way. Yeah. Cool. Right. Awesome, man. Awesome. Cool. All right, moving on. Moving on. All right, this is the end of the show, which uh, we lovingly call our Famous Four. All right, these, <laughs> all right, these questions we ask every single guest on 80-some shows we've asked them, and now we're in the 90s. So we're going to ask you, uh, what is your favorite real estate book? My favorite real estate book, to be honest, uh, 100% honest, full disclosure, like I do with my sellers, to be honest, since college, I don't. I think it's been since college. I'm 30 years old, I, and I finished undergrad when I was uh, 27, 26. I forget. Uh, I think it's been since college since I actually read an entire book from front to back. Nice. So you're kind of like Josh. Say, I wow. I learn. I'm a learn by doing type of person. Um, but, but that being said, I don't. I don't, uh, I do read. All of my reading takes place online. And I've been meaning to ask you guys, have you thought about um, taking some of the most popular blog and forum topics and turning them into a book like a lot of... Why would we do that? You're not going to read it. I, <laughs> <laughs> but some people aren't reading the forum posts or the blog articles because no, they prefer reading books. I, I would say my, my favorite real question. estate book is the... 
are the forums and the and the blog blog articles. That's all of the real estate knowledge that I get is from the forums and the and the articles. You know, so we have Denver Pockets book of real estate <laughs> online. There, it's a there great book. Go. There you go. When, when, when we come out, we'll we'll have you write a quote on, yep. on the book. <laughs> well, I, I I do. I mean, we did that back with a. I wrote a post a couple of years ago called "How to Rent Your House," and it became really, really, really popular. And it was just a step by step of how I rent my houses out, uh, and. And so we tar- took it and put it over on Amazon. And now like hundreds nice. of people download it, I don't know, every week or day. Yeah, I don't people know. Love it. People, people love, love it. that book. Yeah, it's got a ton of reviews and stuff. So uh, I don't know. I started, a, I started a forum post that said, I would read, this was the title of the forum post. I would read Jay Scott's book on estimating repairs if dot, dot, dot. And it was if you put it into an audio format. So that received a lot of uh, discussion and people made good points that it's a, it's a book that you need to be able to reference yeah. on paper. It's not enough to just listen to it in your car. You have to be able to go back yeah. to it to really, to really use the knowledge that he, he shares in it. Nice. 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 Uh, that's, right, so that's why, that's why we actually put the book on invest in real estate with no oh money down there on audio book. So people could like, you could listen to it. So what do you yes. know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes I'm going to yes, keep doing yes. this for the next like hundred shows. So yeah, this is not good. <laughs> We're in trouble. Maybe we shouldn't have let Brandon publish a book. Maybe um, not. All right. So let's, let's get to the next question, which is business book. And I know the answer. You don't read books. So <laughs> what's your favorite business website? <laughs> uh, I really enjoy, um, there are two blogs that I really, you know, like I said earlier, to be a good wholesaler, you have to be good at marketing. And I'm really focused right now on producing um, con- good content to, to help my website rank better. So I really enjoy um, the Fizzle Spark Line yep. um, blog and copyblogger.com. Good Both are great. Good yep. site. Good site. Yeah. Awesome. All right. What about hobbies? You, you play poker. You got a two-month-old. You got your, your lady friend. Uh, you're you're a busy guy. That's that's. <laughs> I was referring to her. Friend, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get me in trouble. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm, you know, I'm just saying. All right. So, so what what do you do for fun? I mean, or do you have even time? I I forget who it was. We spoke to somebody a couple of shows ago. Who was like. Yeah, I do real estate for fun. Well, what yep. do you do for fun? No, I do real estate. That's my fun. Well, yep. anything An- else. Now. Angelo said that, yeah. It was funny. Angelo, yep. yeah, who's, you know, calling me a wanker right now if he's <laughs> listening to the show. But all right, what are you what are you doing uh on the side there? Uh, well, I really I'm I love sports, watching sports. Um, I'm too not too old to be playing sports. I my wife won't let me play. Wow, uh, I'm, I'm. I guess she won't I let me. I almost have ten years on you, and I'm not too old <laughs> to play sports. So something's I, not right here. I I fracture my ankle every time I try playing pickup basketball. Literally, I mean, I I roll my ankle. So I mean, I love watching sports. Um, living in Indianapolis, we have the Indiana Pacers. We have uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, so I we have minor a great minor league baseball team uh, so i love attending live sporting events and i i love attending live concerts as well nice uh, i love, love minor league baseball games son. oh nice awesome so, cool man and and you like winning at poker i i was yeah. i was flashing through your poker profile and and you you seem like you're, you're doing a decent job so that's awesome poker, poker's been rough lately i came i i put in a session last night at the tables and I came home and I told my wife, you know, it was a rough session. I didn't do too well. And she said, first thing she said, well, at least you have uh, your real estate thing that's going well for you. So nice. Well, you has been tough sledding recently. It's a, poker's ups and downs. But. You're getting old. That's all. You're getting old. <laughs> 
Nice. Nice. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, why don't we uh, go to the last question? And that is... What is it? What do you believe sets apart successful wholesalers or any real estate investor from those who give up, fail, or never get started? They don't make excuses. That's perfect. Great answer. I mean, you'll always be able to find an excuse. Give yeah. me, give me an excuse, Brandon. What, 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 what's the common excuse? I'm busy for a lot of wholesalers. I don't have any money. I'm busy. I don't have any money. Well, you can get on Craigslist and identify the for sale by owner properties and start cold calling those to generate leads. Mm. There you go. Ken. What about? Well, I don't have don't any time. Excuses. I don't have internet access. <laughs> go to the library. I'm homeless. I live under a bridge. You shouldn't be wholesaling. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, good. No, that, that's great, great, great stuff. Great stuff. Um, last question, Josh. You you get to take it. Oh, thank, thank you, kind yeah. sir. Yeah, I'll allow you. You're, Ask yeah. him where we can find more about oh, him. Come on, let's go. Did you really just... You know what? That? Hey, Ben, where can we find out more about you? All right, you? Ben, why don't... Why don't why don't you not listen to the tall, goofy guy and let me ask you a question that matters here. And that's where can people find out more information about you? Uh, you can find out more about me on uh, my website, benbuysindiehouses.com or on, on Bigger Pockets, my Bigger Pockets profile. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, listen, we really, really want to thank you for coming on. Definitely appreciate it. It's It's been a, a kind of a cool year for you. It's uh, pretty exciting to watch you progress over, over the past year and see you on the site and see all these things happen. So it's, it's been a lot of fun and, and uh, just want to thank you for coming on board and sharing your story. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a year ago, a little over a year ago when I started listening to, to your podcast, listen to all of them. I never could have imagined that I'd be on the podcast a year later sharing my success. So that's thank just, you. That's just because we couldn't book anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I'm yeah. kidding. I'm kidding. Ben, thank you so much, man. It's been a pleasure. And, and uh, otherwise, if, uh, you know, if you're not already active on the site, on the community, like Ben is, uh, you know, definitely do that. Go to biggerpockets.com, create a profile, jump in and start participating. I cannot tell you uh, enough times how important that can be for your business. Otherwise, check us out. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, G+, so on and so forth. And I'm totally distracted because uh, there's a little furry dog on Brandon's lap. But uh, thank you again. Charlie, get out of the way. I'm going to go grab my puggle. Oh man. All right, guys. <laughs> go uh go read, go go do something, make make moves, make it happen, and uh we will see you again next time on the Bigger Pockets podcast. I'm Josh Dorkin. Signing off. Really? <laughs> really? That's how Come I on. roll. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom and the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals and enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and BAM! 
instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com deals. That's biggerpockets.com deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.